You're listening to Crossings Conversations from Church Divinity School of the Pacific, a show about leaders creating Christian community and sharing God's love. This is Jay uh, from Church Divinity School of the Pacific, and I'm here with Michael Angel Molina, a third-year student at CDSP. Michael, welcome. Thank you. Just share a bit of, uh, about who you are, uh, where you call home, and what has drawn you uh, to CDSP. I'm Michael Angel Molina, uh, and uh, this is my final year of seminary as a, a low-residence accelerated student at CDSP. Um, I call Reading, Pennsylvania home and, and uh, have for most of my life. Uh, I reside just out of the city um, to the north in the suburbs uh, with my husband and our two dogs. Um, and uh, I initially was, was looking for a way to um, get the education I need, the, the theological uh, training that I need to be um, not just a, a good priest, but um, the best priest that I can be. Um, you know, I, I, I really want to give my all to the church and my all to God. And um, I was looking for a way to do that. Um, that didn't involve me, uh, you know, packing up everything and, and, you know, moving across the country, um, especially when I was uh, in, in, the first couple of years when I was still serving in the, in the military reserves, um, moving would have been uh, a little bit difficult. And um, I found out about uh, CDSP and um, uh, found that uh, they had a low residence program that would let me um, study just by uh, being there about a month out of the year and doing the rest of my work. Uh, online and it has uh, really um, worked out wonderfully for me, um, and I'm so blessed uh, by uh, not just everything that I've learned, but also by uh, the collegiality and the community um, that I've experienced. All my uh, fellow seminarians and uh, the professors, um, I. Love every one of them dearly and thank every single one of them uh, for everything that they uh, have, uh, everything that they have taught me, uh, um, everything that we've learned along the way. Um, I just, I'm so grateful to all of them. What is one question you have encountered in the classroom that has sparked curiosity related to ministry and all your vocation? Um, I think that uh, one of the most important questions I encountered was how can we enhance preaching in the Episcopal Church? Um, we, we don't always give preaching the consideration that it deserves, uh, and that's a shame. As it's so important. You know, some, some folks... Uh, go to Bible study during the week, but a lot of people, um, the only time they're going to have to, uh, to, to delve into the scripture and learn about God is on a Sunday morning. 
And um, so, you know, we really have to have our preaching locked in. Um, you know, also, I'm, I'm thinking about uh, the fact that we are uh, trying to reach out to um, to black and brown people who will be the majority in this country in a couple of decades. And um, for them, preaching holds even more importance. Um, you know, especially in the black community, any old person won't do. Um, you, it has to be somebody who's going to speak truth to power in the word of, in the word of God and in the name of God. Um, so yeah, we really have to up the game when it comes to preaching. Thank you. Um, and so that leads me to my next question. Uh, what is one event and or one issue happening in the world that has impacted how you view ministry today? I was just reading an article uh, the other day that said that um, labor union support is at its highest level since 1965 in the United States. Um, so I think we need to really get involved as, as a church with uh, the labor union movement. Jesus worked. We believe that God was incarnate and worked. He got splinters in his hands. Um, you know, maybe he uh, bumped his, his finger, you know, maybe he stubbed his finger while he was working. Um, so it's, it's, it's a really um, profound thing to think about that Jesus worked. And Moses also, if you think about it, Moses was the first union leader. Um, that's pretty much what he did. The people were being um, subjected to unfair conditions, and he went in and negotiated. Um, and there's a lot in the Bible about uh, about uh, labor and about um, you know the the money that we are paid for our labor. Um, so yeah, I, I want to get involved in the labor movement um, more so than I have been. I used to be a union worker myself, um, so I, I know the importance of unions, and I think that the uh, the church needs to be right there. Uh, with the people um, fighting for better pay and better benefits. All right. So how do we reconcile that with uh, the call to cultivate spaces where, uh, or how we think, uh, spaces where and how we think leads to actions of coming together to mend the brokenness and isolation that we may feel uh, so all can experience, uh, belovedness because what I'm hearing from you is like meeting it head on. Yeah. Um, I, I think we, we need to look back to, um, some of our leaders of the past, especially Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Um, besides, uh, doing the great work he did in the civil rights movement, um, he was also, bringing the church together um, with the labor movement. One of the last things that he did before he was assassinated was um, he was trying to organize the, uh, the sanitation workers. Um, and 
so yeah, we I think if we look back um, to uh, the church's history and and how we've been involved in the labor movement, um, you know, there's obviously some some things that we have to some some new um, factors that we have to consider. Um, but I think that looking back at our history, how we were involved in the labor movement can uh, inform what we do in the future. What has been one creative or experimental ministry opportunity you have explored and or encountered over the last year that has inspired you? Um, I think... Uh, Pop Evensong at, at my parish. Um, so my parish came up with this idea a couple of years ago to um, have a service where uh, we have a, a local artist. We're so lucky to have a, a, a Grammy award-winning artist who lives right here um, in the Reading area. Um, and we approached him and said, what if we take uh, secular music um, that sort of has uh, spiritual undertones and uh, what if we play, uh, what if we do that music in the, con- in the context of evening prayer? And uh, so we, we, we forged out with this idea, not knowing how it would go. Um, and it became a, a really big success. Um, and after the rector retired, um, the responsibility fell on me to keep this, this program going. Um, so I played around with uh, the liturgy a little bit. I used uh, prayers from the New Zealand prayer book and, uh, you know, and, and other, other prayer books uh, within the Anglican communion. And, um, you know, we, we tried different musical themes. Uh, we, for February, we did, um, music from all black artists. Uh, when the war in Ukraine broke out, we did, uh, music that was Ukrainian themed. Um, we've done different, uh, artists like, the Beatles or Aretha Franklin, and uh, the the great thing about this program, this this service, is that uh, people who would not otherwise come into the church came in because they enjoy music. Um, they you know got to hear Grammy award winning artists uh, performing this music. Um, people who were estranged from the church. And uh, also people who just didn't grow up in the church or, you know, just didn't, they don't think that Sunday morning service is something for them. Uh, They came to this service and it was a a sort of a gateway for us to be able to, uh, to introduce ourselves to them and get them into the regular Sunday services. All right. So would you tell us where this idea came from? Uh, who came up with the idea and, and, and um, just how you went about? 
Um, yeah, this is some of the parishioners here uh, th- that came up with the idea, uh, some of whom have uh, moved out of the area, but others who um, still belong to the parish. Um, yeah, it was their idea that the, to you know sort of fuse uh, pop music and evening prayer. Um, and I was just a custodian of this project of theirs. You know, I um, since you know, we didn't have a clergy person for a while. Uh, it was originally um, uh, a, a, a evening mass, but it turned into an even song uh, because we didn't have uh, a clergy person at the time. And I just kept it going and uh, played with it a little bit, tried different things to see uh, what worked and what didn't work. And now as my time in the parish comes to an end, uh, as I move on to a, a, a new field pl- placement, um, it falls on them to keep it going and to find new artists and uh, try new things uh, as far as the music goes and the liturgy and and uh, see if it, it can't continue to be a great tool um, to get people in the church doors. Okay. I'm, I'm also curious about um, what were the demographics like? I know um, you said you live in Bradington, right? So what were the demographics like? Uh, what kind of uh, people did this uh, has this drawn into the congregation? Yeah, so um, Reading, Pennsylvania is um, uh, it's, it's a, a, a Rust Belt city. Um, 60 miles northwest of Philadelphia, and um, it's been struggling for a long time. And we're we're on, I think, the the beginning of a renaissance, but um, it's taking us a lot a lot longer than cities like Lancaster and um, and and Easton uh, have to turn things around. Um, but the, the interesting thing about Reading is that um, the city is 67% Hispanic. Um, so we are one of the most heavily Hispanic uh, cities uh, in the United States, small cities anyway. Um, and uh, we have to we have to reconcile that with the fact that uh, most of the people, in the parish, uh, come from the suburbs. They drive in from the suburbs. Um, they don't live in the city. Um, and so the, the even song, uh, was the first service where we were really able to, uh, get people to come into the church who live within walking distance. Um, and that was everybody that was, you know, white, black, Hispanic, um, everybody um, is, you know, it's the first service where we really looks like the community. Um, now, I think uh, one of the ways that we have to innovate this service is um, to get different uh, artists in here um, who uh, reflect the, the musical tastes of the people who live here. Um, so I've been talking with uh, some Hispanic artists and some black artists, and uh, I'm hoping to you know, pass that information along to 
um, the parish and get different artists in here, um, keep the, the artists that we do have, but also get different artists in here uh, so that everybody's musical tastes are represented. And I think when we do that, um, we'll be able to um, have a service that reaches the whole community and where people can just you know, come off the streets, walk in the door and you know, say, hey, this is really different and I like it. And use that as an opportunity to, to um, get them more regularly into the church. Where and how do you sense God calling you to live into your vocation beyond your seminary experience? All I know is that God is calling me to be a witness to, uh, to his love, uh, to tell people that God loves you, um, that God is here. Uh, whether you're having a good day or a bad day, whether you're struggling, whether you're rich or poor, um, you know, God loves you. Um, and yeah, I don't know where I'm going to do that. I don't know uh, if it's going to be here in Pennsylvania or somewhere else. I don't know if it's going to be in a parish or in a hospital or a prison. What is a uh, final word uh, of encouragement you have for the CDSP community? Well, uh, well, Jaconia, I don't know, uh, how your, um, how your path to, uh, ordination has been, but mine has been, um, it's been a windy path. Um, I lost, uh, two loved ones, uh, in, you know, while I was, while I've been studying, I, uh, um, I've gone through, uh, a bishop transition. I've gone through a priest transition. And, um, so it's, you know, it's been a windy path. Um, and it's taken me a lot longer than I thought it would take. Um, but also, uh, that has, uh, present, that has allowed opportunities, um, to come out that I never thought would 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 present themselves um so i think my advice is uh to be patient um yeah be patient and and know that it is going to take however long it takes and the the journey is just as important as as the destination um also, I, th- I think I would say, um, you know, just keep your cool, keep a cool level head. Um, some of the church people will challenge us. Um, and uh, I have experienced a lot of that. Um, and I learned how to keep a cool head and uh, just find that peace that passes all understanding, no matter what the, the, the circumstance is. Michael, thanks so much for joining us on Crossing Conversations. Thank you. Crossing's Conversations is a co-production of Church Divinity School of the Pacific and Trinity Church Wall Street. If you enjoyed the show, please rate and review it on Apple Podcasts or share it with a colleague. You can learn more about the only Episcopal seminary on the West Coast and subscribe to Crossing's magazine at cdsp.edu. Thank you.